welcome to A Raw Perspective, A Fresh Point of View. We are here on another quarantine edition of this podcast, but hopefully by next August we will be quarantined no more because we have excellent news and it's excellent for people that, you know, support humanity, freedom and justice and liberation. We have a new president in the United States of America coming January 20th, 2021. That is Joseph Robinet Biden Jr. We also have a new vice president who will be the first black Asian woman, just first woman period as vice president of the United States coming January 20th, 2021 in Kamala Harris. Humanity has set themselves on the right path again, but this is a nice battle that we won, but the war is far from over. If I have any listeners listening in the state of Georgia, there are two, I hear me again, two Senate races in the state of Georgia. So I need y'all to go to the polls. January 5th, I believe, is the special election. Uh, for you to vote for John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock so that Joe Biden can actually get stuff done because if he doesn't have those two he can't do anything that's how it works but that is not what I'm talking about Uh, congratulations to the president-elect and vice president-elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh Closer than what we anticipated, but I'm glad that 74 and a half million Americans have a brain. Not saying that other folks don't have a brain. It's just you saw what you got for four years. And yeah, it's time to celebrate, but also people be careful especially from the opposition, uh, claiming that there could be close to civil war, especially those in the marginalized communities, my, my people of color, my, my, my folks in the LGBTQ community. Uh, yeah, those, you know, those marginalized entities, women, just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Um, just be careful. Yes, it's a, it's a great time to celebrate this battle, but the, the war is not won. So, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say about that. That is not what this podcast is about. Uh, it is about generational cor- curses and how to break them. So, yeah, generational curses. I'm not sure if people are familiar what a generational curse is, but they are, are existing. Uh... It usually comes from biblical standpoint of what a generational curse is. Uh, what a generational curse is, if you're not familiar with it, it describes the culmination effect on a person of things that their ancestors did, believed, or practiced in in the past, and a consequence of an ancestor's actions, beliefs, and sins being passed down. Uh, that is pretty much what a generational curse is in a nutshell. And you can you can see it time and time again from from different different various opinions. Uh, 
families suffering from drug and alcohol abuse, uh, families bringing in um, you know new life with without that stability to take care of of new life in a in an environment which would be conducive for a child's success. Um, they, my mom calls it babies having babies. Uh, people being born out of wedlock. There's nothing wrong with being born out of wedlock. It's just the propensity of these generational curses. Uh, lack, lack of access to edu- education, uh, which is, is passed down generation to generation. Uh, when people aren't going to get educated on things. You see this in a lot of, of homes where there is ignorance and racism. You see a lot of that there. It, it, it can be a bevy of things. Uh, generational curses. Yeah, like I said, drugs, alcohol, lack of education. Uh, racism. Sexism, homophobic, homophobia. There's a whole, whole gamut of things that can be considered generational curses. Now, I want to talk about my family's generational curses. My family generational curses have come from spanning from being adulterous, uh, being greedy, not passing down financial wealth to next of kin, uh, alcoholism. Uh, drugs and alcohol, those um, children being born out of wedlock, um, and lack of ed- education. Those were the generational curses that were on my family. So I will start back with my grandfather and his brothers, uh, all from Walls, Mississippi. This is on my father's side, by the way. Uh, I can definitely talk about that side more. would talk about my mother's side, but I want to focus more on my father's side because I want to talk more about my dad uh, during this generational curse. Um, there's generational curses in everybody's family, but the origin of how it all started was my grandfather and his brothers, all from Walls, Mississippi. Uh, highest educational level, I believe, was third grade education, and then worked in in the fields uh, as, as sharecropping and you know indentured servant to work hard work, hard work and labor. My great uncle passed away. Jesse uh, went up to the state of Illinois, landed in place called Waukegan, Illinois, where he became a Pullman Porter. Now, if you're not familiar with Pullman Porters, Pullman Porters were individuals that were on trains and they they were like in the sleeping cars. Uh, They would, they were pretty much like, not, how how do you say it? The bag people that bring in your stuff uh, at hotels like luggage, shiny shoes, set up, maintain, like sleeping berths and serving passengers. So 
pretty much just your your waiter is is pretty much what they did and they made quite quite great money being a Pullman Porter and so my great uncle Jesse was using that money and then he got his brothers who were down there including my, my uncle Clarence great uncle Clarence who's still alive today he's the sole individual that's alive today uh, my great uncle LA great uncle Lamont uh, my great uncle Lee um, and my grandfather and they all moved up to Waukegan, Illinois. And all of them being hard workers, not having high school education, they all became millionaires in each area of their craft. Um, so my grandfather was in the blacktop and landscaping business uh, and was making a million dollars before a million dollars was a million dollars today. So a million dollars back then Back in like the 60s, 70s, when money was money, um, that was what what was happening. Was they were making money? My uh, uncle L.A. was in sanitation, so he had garbage trucks going around. Waukegan, uh, Uncle Lee, I forgot what he did, but I know he helped with Uncle L.A. Like my uncle Jesse became a preacher, and it was, it was, it was money making money, and you know that should be, the rest is history, right? You know, making a whole bunch of money, living good, doing good, all that. And I, how else do I describe this? But yeah, money was being made. Um, all of my great uncles and and grandfather were making money. Uh, they had wives, but with money, they thought power came through. Like my uncle L.A. was at Ali fights, front row, watching Ali box, and just spending money on frivolous things. So going to the Ali fights, front row, is what my dad told me. Spending it on different women that were not their wives. Um, same, same with my, my grandfather, going different places, uh, you know, enjoying, enjoying his wealth, but not passing that wealth on to his family. Um, so like, like that, my grandfather had a lot of the major contracts with O'Hare International Airport, Midway International Airport. Doing the tarmac black topping for, for airlines. He had that contract. That's millions of dollars right there. So what does he do with that? Gambles it away. Uncle other uncles, you know, drinking. You no. Know, doing all of that stuff. Even my grandmother, so my dad's mom. Like she, she had a brother, um, Uncle Simp, who was a functioning drunk. This is what, what she would call it. Um, but he was an excellent chef. So they were going to make a black uh, barbecue 
um, and and sell it throughout the Waukegan area and expand and whatnot. But Uncle Simp was a drunk. Grandmother was was getting sick, and then my grandfather was not really caring to my grandmother during that time, and just really cruel, just really mean. I'm not sure if that's how his his father was to to uh, to my great grandmother, but yeah, that's that seems like to have passed down generationally, and not being able to provide, you know, just that stability. Of course, he like, yeah, I put a roof over your head, but you're gonna have to work for it. So my my father would have to get up really early and work. Blacktop industry. Uh, really early in the morning. He, he real, real skinny, frail kid. My dad was um, trying to pick it up, and not having that love and support from his father. Uh, he described his father more of his his employer, his employer than his dad. Um, really got that nurturing mentality from my grandmother. Uh, you know, my, my grandfather wasn't perfect, wasn't a perfect man. I still love the guy, but, you know, there was faults on his side, you know. Refusing to, to help out and pay for my dad's college education because my grandfather thought that my dad going to college, being a first-generation college student, stating, oh, you think you're better than me, huh? Because you want to go get you a college boy and whatnot. Uh, the reason why my dad went to college is because he didn't want to work in blacktop anymore. That's the reason why he went. He was tired of getting up at like 5 o'clock in the morning putting on it, putting asphalt down on the ground. Uh, my, my uncle Mike loved it uh, because that's what he, he wanted to do. So, But my dad was not a part of that. And my, my Aunt Linda, you know, she got, she's the youngest out of the, the Wallace clan. Out of the immediate siblings, you know that that was that was tough. They got stuck into that thing because like you're gonna make me money, but I'm not gonna give you this money. Is how my grandpa's mentality was. Grandmother getting sick, more and more sick. Um, grandfather also had two other kids from different relationships. So I had an uncle Charles, you know, have an aunt. Don't really know that. I mean, I know Uncle Charles passed away. Same with my dad passed away. And I still got Uncle Mike, but I don't speak to my Uncle Mike anymore. Um, I don't speak to my oldest aunt because I don't really know her like that. Uh, Only person I got is my Aunt Linda. That's the only person I talk to. (laughs) I I got other cousins from my Uncle Mike. Like, I got Mike Mike. I don't talk to him. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite quite sad because there's just so much of a divide and there was so much hatred. Um, and then not being able to pass on that generational wealth. My grandfather, only reason I was like, my grandfather, my grandfather used to give me like $100 bills every time I would visit him. Like just because just he could do that because he was making money. It's like, oh, here's $100, Ricole. Because that was my, my nickname. Rico, get, here's $100. And I never really got to know my grandfather. Um, and seeing the way that my dad was trying to get his love, you know, it 
broke that man's heart. Um, so my my father, not perfect in, in any sense as well, you know, passed down one more generational curse um, from grandfather to son, which is my dad. Uh, he was adulterous. Well, not adulterous. Uh, he thought he was slick. Um, he was dating my mom. Uh, was dating her for five years. Kicked it to the curb. And then got my other brother's mom pregnant. Um, and then a year later, went back. So, not saying anything was wrong on there. I still love my brother to death. Um, I'm glad that he's here in the world. It's just those things where my dad was like, oh, I can have two birds with one stone. I don't think my dad was ready for that commitment of love because I think he was afraid to actually be committed to one person because he had seen from a generational standpoint that my grandfather wasn't as committed to my grandmother. So as my grandmother was slowly dying uh, from lupus, he was bringing around women like he didn't care. It's like he's already moved on from her. So I was really crushing to my dad, but my dad still had brought down that, uh, I, I wouldn't say, I guess it's the generational curse of like, I feel like I could be slick and have multiple women. Um, but that was not the case because my mom wasn't having that. Uh, so with that being, you get my brother Kyle, who's also a blessing uh, from there. It's just those things that have, have come through. But my dad was like, okay, so this is the, the generational curse that had passed on to me was this uh, adulterousness. I need to stop it. So he had invested time with me because he knew that he didn't get the same love and affection that he got from his dad. And from what I saw from my perspective was my dad was at everything. Uh, he was there when I was born and I was there at his very last moments of life. I was there. I saw my dad die right in front of me. In my During that time, that 28 years of existence, I had known this man. Like We've only been apart when I was like moved away to go, go to college and, and graduate school. Um, and then that time where I just came back, back home. But I, I was there through it all. And I want to say one thing about my dad, that he did break that generational curse of not being cold towards his kids. Um, even with the relationship that he had with my brother Kyle. Um, he wanted to do more. He wanted to do more. He wanted to, meet, he wanted to reach out. Um, and he wanted to, you know, have, you know, that, that love and affection with Kyle because I, I had it with, with my dad. Um, dad was at everything. He would take me trick-or-treating. Um, he was at my, my basketball games where I sucked, uh, my baseball games where I sucked, <laughs> my lacrosse games where I sucked, my football games where I sucked. I was not the, the most sports person. I'm six foot two and I'm the least athletic person known to mankind. But my dad was always stating that I'm going to be in your corner no matter what. And I want you to be better than me as you continue on this path of life. Uh, so 
I want to continue that legacy and breaking those generational curses of, of continuing education. Um, so I, I went and got a bachelor's degree. That was cool. I wanted to take it a step further. And I said I wanted to get a master's degree. My dad was like, well, we already paid for your undergraduate degree. Because my dad believed in putting his family in the best financial position. Because he knew that he needed to break that cycle. Because my grandfather's dead. My father's dead. My grandfather's dead. Personally, I should be a rich kid right now. Living off of the inheritance of black topping and landscaping right now. That would probably be the business I would go. I'd probably get a business degree, just to say I have a business degree, and then be probably like chief branding officer, chief financial officer, something like that, where me, my first cousins, DeAndre Keisha, my brother Kyle, we would all be in the black topping industry up in Waukegan, Illinois. We probably would have expanded. <laughs> just being real. We would have been multimillionaires. Um, but... That's how the cookie crumbles. We have nothing to, to live back here. Um, the house that my grandfather had um, got sold. Don't know how much it, it went for, but, you know, that is the last of that Wallace legacy. Which is sad. Um, and my dad was like, I never want to put you on that financial strain ever again. We're not leaving you uh, a penny. So when my dad died, uh, he was a firm believer in life insurance. And if you haven't gotten your life policy yet, I highly recommend it because when you die, you get to set up your family for life, uh, depending on what type of life policy that you get. So as crazy as 2020 has been with this pandemic and not having my dad around, financially speaking, like my mom has not had, had to worry, even though she worries every single day, like, oh, where am I going to get this money? Um... My mom has been set up in a good financial place for the rest of her life to be comfortable. And my mom's mentality has never been to be comfortable because she's always had to work for things for, for herself. But my dad promised his family that he would take care of them. And he did. Um, like my, my father had broke that curse of not passing on generational wealth. Um, he did that. So I want to thank him from the bottom of my heart because he's the reason why we are surviving this pandemic because I see millions of people that have lost their jobs, lost, been furloughed, been, been laid off, struggling. What, 240,000 Americans have died from this pandemic? And it's me and my mother, and we're... As, as messed up as 2020 has been, we have been truly blessed. Like, despite all the circumstances that have happened in 2020, this has been the best year that I've had. Just, period. Like, like from a physical, mental, emotional standpoint, it's, this has been great, you know. I'll continue building a relationship with my mother, continue to build a relationship. It's like, with family, friends, loved ones, it's it's been great. Um, I've, I've 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 been thriving despite what has transpired. Um, so I'm trying to continue on the legacy of breaking generational curses. Like I, 
am not adulterous. Like, I don't want to be adulterous in, in any form. Um, any form of my being. Like, I'm not trying to have, you know, multiple kids from different, different women. Like, when I do get married, I want, you know, the choices between my, my partner and I, you know, all right, these, do we want to bring life into this world? Yes. And that is a choice that is from both of us because the partner says no, then that's the end of that. Uh, you know, making, making informed decisions, making sure that we are conscious about our mental health, making sure that we are understanding different triggers that have been so detrimental to our past that have been part of that, that curse. And it's always hard being the first. I was the first person to get a master's degree in my, in my family, in my immediate family. Um, navigating that, that is, <laughs> that, is, that is a hard thing to do. Uh, that's pressure. That was internal pressure on myself. Um, being able to go outside my comfort zone in the middle, in the middle of nowhere, live in the middle of nowhere. I was not trying to move to Pullman, Washington. I was trying to move in somewhere populous. You know, taking a leap of faith. But I met some great people, great individuals within the most peculiar, interesting places. Uh, continuing to break barriers. Like, that's something I want to do. I want to hopefully, you know, help bring life into this world. Um, I would love to be married. Uh, and I want to make sure that my future children have everything that they need. Uh, you know, have, have a partner that continues to be loving and supporting despite the disagreements that we'll have in the future. Uh, we will continue to make it from time and time again, breaking these generational curses. And I, and I see it. And I, I'm grateful for, for my father for having that foresight to break those generational curses. It's like, all right, financial stability, we're not going to have you have student debt. I don't have any student debt. I cannot relate to anybody that says, oh, I, I have debt. I can't relate. And I'm not trying to brag. It's just something that my parents invested in my, my future and education. And I know that's a coming from a sense of privilege, and I'm very aware of that. But I am thankful that they did put me in this position to have at least fiscal responsibility with my finances. I'm not saying that I'm super duper rich. I'm not super duper rich. I, I'm i just in a privileged state where I have the ability to be comfortable and be able to do things that other individuals might not be able to do. And I can acknowledge that. But I also acknowledge that the stuff that I have can all be taken away in an instant. Like I take none of this for granted. This podcast, this is coming from a sense of privilege. Me talking and spewing my own opinions. This is just about my own opinions. But having the ability and access to have, have a working laptop, have a working microphone, have internet capabilities for me to post this podcast up there. These are things that people don't have, and I'm very aware of that. And so as I progress through my life, and I hope to God that it is a long, prosperous, fruitful life, not only is that I can still continue to gain you know, more and more privileges and, and further access 
for me and my, my future family, being able to set them up for success, I want to make sure that I'm bringing a team along as well. Like, it takes a village. And the village that, that brought me to this place was my mother and father. They're the ones that sacrificed so much. And I want to continue to have that legacy of sacrifice of my, my future kids. I want to make sure that that generational curse of not having financial stability doesn't translate back. Uh, we want to keep that buried. So at the end of the day, me and my partner, we're going to have residual income coming in. When we're sleeping, our money keeps going. And we'll be able to invest in different projects and abilities that where we can help people. Help our family, help people. And, yeah, not be consumed with greed and power. Because at the end of the day... We're all here for a time and season. And I'm just praying to God that I'm here as long as my partner's here for a long, prosperous time and season until it's our time to kick the bucket. And hopefully the next next generation of this household, whoever these kids might look like or whoever the hell they may be, I, I speak life. I speak stability, physically, mentally, and emotionally, wellness, for my future kids. Hope they don't have to struggle too, too much. Struggles that they'll be able to handle and overcome and learn lessons from. That's the type of struggles that I want over my kids. And I want them to pass it on to their kids. And their kids to their kids. And so on and so forth. I just want to continue to leave that legacy. That's all I'm saying. Because that's what we're here for. Reach one, teach one. Trying to unite. Trying to break down these generational curses. Continue to break down these generational curses. Getting that mindset because the hardest battle for any individual is the battle of themselves. Going to war with yourself inside your mind Fighting doubt, fighting anxiety, fighting stress is a motherfucker. That's all I got to say. But you have to know in yourself, in your heart of hearts, that you are more than a conqueror. And you have the ability to change things, despite the circumstances that you are. And that is the hardest battle to go through. You have to dig deep. To get in that mental state of, you know what? Fuck this. I'm better than this. And get it. And break those generational curses. You got the power to do so. And I believe in you. If no one else believes in you, I believe in you. Now, if you don't believe in yourself, you got to dig deep to believe in yourself. And if you need somebody to... To consult, I'm here to do the best that I can, to the best of my ability. But at the end of the day, you are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. What's done will be done. 
And what's for you will always be for you. With that being said, my name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is A Raw Perspective. Peace.